Well, hello, and welcome to our dinner table. My name is Joe. And I'm Aislinn. And this is Dinner Table Talks. We do it every week. Every single week. Listen, for everyone, there has been a lot of tumult oh God. this year. Yeah. I'm the girl that always mentions the memes. <laughs> but there's a meme of John Travolta... Saturday Night Live, and then a picture of John Travolta in Pulp Fiction. Yeah. And it's pulling into 2020, pulling into 2021 or something like that. They've grown older, drug-infused, you know, I mean, just this whole, like, look. I was talking to someone just yesterday about this thing that I heard. I actually heard it on a, I don't know, maybe a, a marketing webinar or something, a podcast and it's this concept that we're living entire lifetimes every single day, that the month of April has felt like 500 years, mm -hmm. that kind of thing. Yeah. Well, we've only been playing this podcast since like September of 2019. Right. And so most of the podcast has been in 2020 during this time of major shift for everyone. That being said, <laughs> I've had a lot, we've had a lot of shift in our life. I understand your point, but I'm beginning to wonder if we look back over our entire life together, if it's just nonstop shift. No, I don't believe it's nonstop. If that's the way we do, Corona notwithstanding. No, uh-uh, because this is bigger. These are these is, this is much bigger. During the time that we've had this podcast, yes. I have quit a job that I had for nearly a decade. Yes. Taken a new job. I remember. And now I have quit that job. I, I, I've heard. And started, officially started a business for myself. There's going to be a lot more coming related to that. But in 2020 already this year, that has been the course of action. And that's what, what's happening with me right now. And they, that's they been say, a big shift this last week. In addition to just one week ago's podcast, we were talking about the passing of your father. Well, I was going to say, they say that the top most stressful situations uh -huh. in the top five. Like new house. Changing your job. <laughs> yeah. Losing a loved one. Mm -hmm. I mean, there's been a lot of life in 2020. Yeah, exactly. Good point. Good point. Exactly. I know that we're going to talk about this a lot more in the future, but as anybody that listens to this podcast knows, I am a gardener. And I have spent easily the last decade of my life participating in garden education, but I've spent the last three decades of my life growing food and learning how to grow food in South Texas in Zone 9B on farms, in urban backyards, in community gardens, hands in the dirt. And because of that, I have officially launched my own business as an edible landscape consultant and garden educator. I am very excited for you. I am too. And and what's interesting was that I hadn't even really made an announcement yet. I had just started making shifts and movement. I mean, we're talking days that this has been the new in our life. I have already been contacted by several people. Then I did a soft launch. Hey, everybody, just so you know, because my friends need to know that I've changed jobs. That's a pretty major shift in my life. A lot of people in your life would want to know that big news. So then immediately that came with follow-up. And so for those of you that, that you know, are interested in this concept, and like I said, we I know we'll talk about it some more in the future. The idea is, is that I'm doing on-site education, but because of the new world that we live in and how we all have better understanding and more aware of the opportunities of 
web and video and online and digital, I'm going to present opportunities for education online. So I'm not limited to just booking you to come to my place. Right. I mean, if you think about the new world that we live in, the idea that you could get on Zoom and have a conversation with somebody that is an experienced grower that can outright answer your questions privately, one-on-one, you know, you can ask very specific questions. We have talked about it over and over again on the show throughout this whole thing of these interesting shifts that are going to happen to the business world, to the education world because of this that we haven't even learned yet. Exactly. That makes me think about a conversation we had earlier this week that I know is going to come up later on about the education system and really how even my my skills and my um, experience that I have in gardening can contribute to the future of educational information for everyone. That's right. You started a challenge last week. Oh, and- the five sauces. Yeah. Yes. We're going to begin next week. Okay. I do that. I forget that our recording schedule is such that it's bang, let's do it. Oh, oh, oh I don't have enough time to do it before we record again. Right. And it's that. So yeah, I made the bechamel sauce two weeks ago. Last week I thought, this is a quarantine project. Mm-hmm. This is a stay at home deal. I'm going to learn the five mother sauces, learn them more intimately. Well, for one thing, we're not as quarantined as we were before. So that is true. We're a lot busier. And also Mother's Day. We're opening up Texas. Oh, yeah, yeah. Texas is Texas is open. Our neighbors are having a party next door. <laughs> like right now, you can probably right hear some thumping bass. Yeah. So, yeah, next week, we're going to be talking about a hollandaise sauce. I look forward to it. That's the one that we're oh, going yeah, to talk about. Oh, yeah, you promised me that for Mother's Day. Hollandaise. I remember now. Yeah, but on Sunday, I also promise you that I'll be your cameraman. And you'll sleep till 9 o'clock. Oh, that sounds like fun. <laughs> I don't sleep till 9 o'clock. Up with the chickens. I think it's time for us to... So all week, I've been thinking about something that really got me laughing last week. And it was you saying that something about how people emulate us. I think that's hilarious. I mean, I like to give myself a lot of value. I mean, I really want, you know, I want people to live the lifestyle that I live. But the idea that there are people out there in the world emulating us. The most pure part of the podcast when you and I are sitting across from the table right now recording it is when we forget that we've got on stupid headphones that are in front of a microphone and we just start talking the way that you and I talk. Right. So I use, I mean, I use the wrong word. Emulate us is not, emulate works. But what I said last week was I drive around and I think, and sometimes if I need something to listen to, I'll listen to one of our old podcasts. You like to listen to yourself talk? No, I like to hear us (laughs) like 20 episodes ago. And what it's evolved into. I hardly can do that. Really? It is interesting, though, because as I've been preparing the YouTube and everything for my new business, I'm watching old videos of my garden talking and garden tours and stuff Oh, yeah. Stuff you've like been that. doing videos of you talking in gardens for as long as I've known you. Yeah. Oh, and I told you today, if I ever go do a public speaking engagement again, and I insist that I take a piece of paper up there with me, the answer is no. Right. I'm ter- I Wing it is yeah. going to be better than that crap that I'm watching myself do on camera. I've told you that so many times. <laughs> I just need bullet points. <laughs> but as I've been driving around, and I'm thinking to myself, I'm watching the statistics, right? The podcast is growing. It was largely locally listened to, and I'm watching that percentage go down because of the growth. 
we're getting listeners across the From country. Canada? Yeah, I'm watching states. Yeah. We're marching through the 50 states. <laughs> That's cool. It's fun. And I can see that you listened to the new episode, and then you listened to the three most recent. Uh-huh. And then you skipped to 13. Uh-huh. Maybe the title. Uh-huh. And I wonder to myself all of the time, what is that experience? Uh-huh. Because I enjoy our podcast. Well, what's I, I think it, like it gets better you, every week. What, so who's who other who other podcasts do you listen to? I was gonna ask you that exact same question. Have you ever wondered if those podcasters are thinking that Aislin is a person that would listen to our podcast? What is the match? So the Venn diagram is the notion that you are clearly a gardener. Uh-huh. Right? And I am clearly an amateur chef. Uh-huh. Like those are our characters, although they're not characters at all. Uh-huh. So if you're an amateur chef, you just may enjoy a little bit of what I talk about when I talk about the recipes. Right. We'll talk about a couple tonight. Right. And if you're a gardener, you're going to really enjoy backyard TV or if you're or if you have a porch that uh-huh. you sit on, you don't garden, you don't cook, but you do have If you live in New York City, do you go what are these Texans talking about with their backyard TV? Those are the questions that I ask myself all of the time. The Venn diagram of you and me. Uh-huh. And then the other things that we talk about, besides those two general, general things. Because you can't boil this podcast down to those two things. No, but those are big. Like, it's funny because I saw a group post today and it said, use three words to describe your podcast. And I thought about it and thought about it and finally I... I was a smart ass. <laughs> I put dinner table talks. <laughs> Perfect. Perfect. When we were at the farmer's market tonight and we ran into Andrew, who's one of the farmers. Right. Andrew has said he's a listener and he said that for a while. Now. Sure. So he commented early on the early days of the podcast. He commented. He responded to something. And, I, and then I said, oh, so when I saw him at the farmer's market the next time, I said, so do you listen? You listen to the podcast? And he was like, of course I do. I'm a farmer. And I thought that was funny because speaking of the new era of the idea that we're going to be doing a lot more online education and videos and whatever, when we're talking about podcasts and the farmer says, of course I listen to your podcast. I'm a farmer. I just think that's funny. And there you go. And so where does he fit in your emulate us Venn diagram? Well, I know that more females listen than males. But males do listen. He's heavy in the gardener side of of what you bring to it. Well, also, I think that the idea when he says I'm a farmer, what he's saying is I'm out working in the field or out building fences or out riding a tractor. I'm looking for something to do with my brain. And then I think I say dumb, funny enough stuff to probably give him a male point of view. You follow me? That's the Venn diagram for that one listener. Good example. Yes. Very good example. But it's not emulate. It was more no. like, it was, I, I can't even think of the word I was trying to say. But in the heat of you and I getting into those most pure conversations, I'm going to use the wrong word and so are you sometimes. And I'm going to laugh and at you. And oftentimes it's an unanswered question. Oh my God. In the past, I have literally said the completely wrong word and nobody corrected me. And then I listened to the podcast and I'm like, I'm such an idiot. I used the wrong word. Sure. You know, I hate that. Especially when I'm trying to be so smart and right about everything. (laughs) Emulate was good enough. It's one of those 25 cent words too. One more thing that I recognized. First of all, when I went back and listened to last week's episode, it didn't feel like we really talked about the Moroccan chicken's recipe. You were out of your mind during that part. I don't know. I was so horny for that delicious Moroccan chicken 
that I couldn't think about anything other than how tasty it was. You didn't let me get into the ingredients at all. No. Yeah. (laughs) And today we posted on Facebook that recipe. Good. If you're not on our Facebook page and you use Facebook, get on our Facebook page. It's a lot You know of fun. why? Because Joe is the king of Facebook and he's going to give you more information on Facebook than he is anywhere else. So if you want to know things about our podcast, go on our Facebook page. Okay, queen of You Instagram. don't even have to listen to the podcast. Right. Just so, go on Facebook. Okay, fine. So You'll to- know everything. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So today <laughs> I posted about, we posted, so I was trying to use both of us collectively, the Moroccan <laughs> chicken recipe that we talked about in the episode. That's how it works. If you're on our Facebook page and you listen to the podcast, you get daily in-depth articles and recipes, etc. about the stuff we talk about on the show. It's called Moroccan beef stew, uh-huh. but the sub-headline of the recipe is eggplant. Eggplant's okay. a star of the show, along with the Moroccan spice profile. Okay, so what must have happened was, I must have done that trick that I do, or that we do, it's not just me, you do it too, where you go, I've defrosted a chicken, and then I go, okay, I've got tomatoes and eggplant, and then we push, we type in chicken, tomatoes, eggplant, and this is what we came up with. And it's a great recipe, go to our Facebook page to find it. Yes, and I had grown, of course I had, those lovely, long and delicious, not the big fat, like some of you that are out there that are gardeners know the black beauty eggplant is that big round black. Is that the one you see in the grocery store? They're purple. They're they're big and they're big. Yeah, that's the black beauty. These were more uh, tubular. These were long and light skinned. Right. So light purple, maybe a little bit of white stripey. How many eggplant varieties have you come across in your life? Oh, so many. You can get yellow and orange and white. I mean, eggplant is, you have the the nightshade plants. You, we love to talk about the moonflower. Sure. Meet you at the moonflower. The nightshade variety has a lot of really interesting different types of plants. It has complete and total weeds that grow out of the farm with thorns on them that you, you can tell that it's in the same family. It's eggplant and then this moonflower that I like to grow, which is in the same family line as belladonna. The actual name is datura. Those are poisonous plants, okay? And then you've got eggplant and then you've got tomatoes and potatoes. And so like there's a whole bunch of plants that are in this nightshade family and they grow all different varieties of things. So that's why I say go to the farmer's market because eggplants at the supermarket is that big purple thing, which are great, which are fine. But then at the farmer's market, you got the long tubular ones. They're the least tasty. The big fat ones. It's always about distribution and never about taste. You did ask a question and I asked for permission to research the answer. And that is why does the bounce? Do you do it? Because you did it last week. And I called that porno music. And you said, why is that porno music? Who, who made that rule? Why is that porno music? Yeah. I don't know who made did the rule. Did you do research on pornos? I asked for permission before I did. Well, I didn't understand the permission you were asking. I asked it well. There oh, wow. are not a lot of answers, Google answers. What did you see? I didn't see anything. There's not a lot of answers to the question. What makes that porno music? Except for the answer. It is porno music. Who said? 
I'll answer it this way. What I did find was people trying to find the etymological of bow chicka origin wow, wow. of bow chicka wow wow. Uh huh. Because bow chicka wow wow right. is a allusion to the notion that those noises are seventies porno music. Okay. So the reason why that is. 70s porno music is because it was 70s porno music and the best answer to the question of who made that the rule is the directors of pornography in the 70s which is part of our favorite movie one of my favorite movies Boogie Nights Boogie Nights and Boogie Nights Paul Thomas Anderson Dirk Diggler Roller Girl Reed Rothschild Roller Girl Burt Reynolds I got a brand new pair of roller skates discusses you done? Oh, I got a brand new pair of roller skates. Basically, I don't really know the words. That's the only words I know. Basically, the answer to the question is that late 70s porn producers and directors were taking their art very seriously with the success of a couple of what became mainstream pornographic films. I also want to put this caveat out. We're not porno people. Uh, yeah. Yeah, that's not a thing that we <laughs> well, enjoy. But it's just part of the vernacular. Bow chicka wow wow. Mean, you mean someone that would do bow chicka wow wow on right. the show uh-huh. in in lieu of other types of background music and then argue about who made that porno music are not porno watchers? <laughs> no, we're not. That's not, that's not our thing. Okay, that's enough about porno music, right? Did any of our meals this week give you the um, physiological reactions of uh, the bechamel sauce from a couple of weeks ago? No. Well, we did eat well. (laughs) We did eat well. We did eat well. We always eat well. Sometimes I get to a point where I've got all of the vegetables, but no way to tie them together. And it's going to be a vegetable fried rice night. I think that you just have that stuck in your brain and it's easy to make, so you make it. No, I think that when you got carrots and snow peas and that, that, that kind of thing, it just, just leaps out at you. So it was vegetable fried rice night, but I wanted to do something to elevate it, to make it different than we normally do. I had a sirloin in the freezer mm-hmm. and I thought, you know, I've never made teriyaki beef, but I know that when you go to the restaurants, the hacha hacha, hacha hacha restaurant. Yeah. Not the Bao Chicka Wow Wow restaurant. I don't want to go to that restaurant. <laughs> it's the Hacha Hacha restaurant. Yeah, the place where they do the hibachi in front of you. They'll, teriyaki beef is on the menu. My first time I ever made teriyaki beef, what'd you think? It was good that that was with the meal because otherwise it was, I'm so bored of cauliflower fried rice. Oh, are you? Yes. You want me to take that off the rotation for a long time? A little bit. I will. I'm bored, but the teriyaki beef was delicious, and your garlic butter that you make to go with it yes. all is real, really good. And I do love hacha hacha food, so because I love that kind of food. Okay, well, I'm glad to know that you're tweaking your notifications here, and I will take that off the I menu for a good long while. I think you just get us burned out sometimes. Well, no, no, it's okay. I'm going to take it off of the rotation. And it's going to show up at the proper time and the perfect time when you're going to go, God, oh, I've been like, craving this. I could terrorize a pizza right now. It's been that long since I've eaten pizza. Well, that's a grain thing. You're you're going through grain withdrawal. No, it's not. It's pizza thing. Okay. So you want more pizzas, less fried rice? Yes. Done. They we, can be grain-free pizzas, we, whatever. We will post the beef teriyaki recipe because I think you should try it in your home if you ever have. I think that we should do a video of you making fried rice. Oh, I could do that. Easy. 
The reason is, is because if it's that easy for you to be making it to where I get bored with it, people need to know how to make fried rice because fried rice is a standard that a lot of people like. Super And simple. it's easy and you can use lots of vegetables. And if it's super simple and you can make it as easily as you make it, mm-hmm. then people should be making themselves fried rice more often. Put it into your rotation. But the kids like the fried rice and it gets the kids around the table. It does. I mean, the kids are around the table. It's funny because Hunter will call to check in. Oh, he's just looking for the best meal. He goes right. to his girlfriend's house almost every single day. His, uh-huh. Her family loves him, and of course they would. Uh-huh, of course. I and, think, I think and they he, feed I, him too. I think now he's basically calling to see where the best meal is. I'm going to go to that place. Right, right. Mm. Well, and, you know, and what's, what's your expectations with the meal that you've cooked that night too? You know? Is this a like, big one that did I need you, to come home for? You ordered pizza tonight. And it's just like, I'm going to stay over here then, you know? Yeah. But on the weekends, he's a little, we're a little, we, we have a little bit more expectations of the being around the table on the weekends. And we have Lily here on the weekends. I so realize Lily where your here. head is on pizza now. I ordered a pizza for the kids that wasn't for us. And you're jealous. I fucking love pizza. So around the table this past weekend, you do this thing with the kids where you, you ask them a question. And then you start answering the question for them. Yeah, you're probably right. And the older they get, and we're all in this together, this J-Hack family talking and, you know, open and everybody's honest. The more that happens, the older everyone gets, the more (laughs) it's like, yeah, we have an opinion, but that's not it. You know, like. (laughs) That happened hard. And everybody just sat there quietly. And you were like, well, guess I won't talk. And, I, and so then I brought it back up again. I was, well, I know they have opinions about it. My so. question was, I'd heard a thing where kids are missing school. They're tired of all of this. And they're ready to go back to school because that's the place where they, they're not around their parents and they are around their friends. And, the, and you, you were like, yeah, so I guess y'all are like missing school. And they were kind of like, meh, meh, meh. And they were shrugging their shoulders. And then Hunter, who's so agreeable... Basically says, no, but yes. (laughs) No, I don't really miss school, but yeah, I guess I miss school. And so because of that, it started a rolling conversation about education and school and what's happening with them. And one of the first things that was said was, we're not learning anything. Right. There's no learning. And, and, And how that part of the conversation got rolling was that Savannah made a comment about how one of her friends requires the learning part. Our kids, and I have said this about school myself, I didn't learn anything. I mean, I might have learned stuff in elementary school, like the basics of arithmetic and writing and whatever. But once I got to like junior high and high school, I didn't learn anything. You were at school every day. Right. The reality is I learned some things, but it was so minimal compared to the amount of time that I spent in the school. So what Savannah was saying was it's hard hard for me because... I'm done in like an hour with everything that's been assigned to me. Yeah, there's self-guided work and she just zips right through it. And my friend is asking me questions and I'm and she she's like I can't answer your questions. I've no I don't take that class. I take a different kind of class. Our kids are finishing with whatever expectations that are put on them within an hour or two. And on top of that, they are saying out loud, "We are not learning." Anything. And our city school district has gone to pass-fail, up, down. There's no A's, B's, C's. 
If you do the spare minimum, everyone passes. Savannah is going to pass. Right. It's like senioritis. Yeah. But she's in eighth grade. But she's in eighth grade. Right. I see all of these stories about parents having difficulty homeschooling their kids Uh that normally go to school. I guess that's a younger age. I think what they're having difficulty is, is they realize that the school was a babysitter and they don't have the babysitter. No, I'm talking about stories of like, it's difficult for the parents to do the teaching and they're understanding how valuable the teachers are that do the teaching. But I've got to think that that's for younger kids that are getting the foundational things. Might be different school districts. It might be different schools doing it differently. I mean, <laughs> if we're going to go deep, right? We're going to go deep into our school district in our area of the country. We're dealing with a highly uneducated population. Mm-hmm. That's the challenges that our school district has. Right. Only one of our children goes to the big school district in this area. The other three went to a different school district. I have known since my children were old enough to go to school that my children could get done the schoolwork required by law within a couple of hours of the day. And then we could go on to do other things. If you had homeschooled. Correct. And I was serious. I seriously considered that. However, my ex-husband was a school administrator. So my kids could go to school and their dad was there at the school Mm -hmm. and they could be a part of all the public and social dynamics and all of that. And I appreciate that. I appreciate the social dynamics of it. I appreciate they went to a tiny school. And now I'm like, can I just get the youngest one out as soon as possible? And in fact, if she said, I just, I think I'd rather just finish school homeschooling, I'd probably be like, okay, the, the public school system just, I don't need that babysitter anymore. I got someone in my office that is having trouble because she doesn't have the babysitter that is school. Mm-hmm. And she's having trouble. Because her kids are younger than ours. Our kids can be home alone with no problems. But her kids, she's, they're latchkey kids like we talked about a few weeks ago. For the first time. Our kids aren't. And it's causing her a lot of anxiety. My kids have never been home alone. Never. Even during this time where all of a sudden I'm back at work eight to five, we were working at home. Right. And no, I wasn't giving them a lot of attention, but I'm literally in the same. There's not shenanigans going on. Well, who knows if there's shenanigans going on. Backyard TV. Tonight's top story is Grackle Takedown. Huh? Oh my God. This is... You watch Backyard TV much more than I do. I I don't know any of these series that you're talking about. I have been waiting to tell you this story. I'm sitting there in the backyard and I start to hear tons of noise. Screeching, squawking, grackles are yelling. An event has occurred. I mean, something is happening. And I look back... And there is a grackle inside the rain gutter and there's a bunch of birds flying around and jump in and whatever. And then what I figure out is that one grackle has another bird down in the gutter. Drowning it? Yeah. (laughs) What was going on? I don't know. It was like pecking it. And it would, and was it a gra- Was it, it was another flapping grackle? Around. It was flapping around. I don't think it was another grackle. I think it was a different kind of bird because it was small enough where it could fit in the rain gutter. I see. It was a fight, like an ugly fight. Like one of those, I thought the bird was dead. I saw it fall down on the ground. I got up and walked over because I was like, there's a dead or hurt bird on the ground over there. And then, of course, all the birds flew off. 
You know, like I broke up the the bird fight. Right. You were the principal. Yeah. And then I went over looking on the ground and that bird must have gotten up immediately and flown off as soon as it hit the ground. There was a commotion. There was a bird fight. The grackle was on top of that bird in the gutter, like getting it, like pecking it and stomping it. And there were birds everywhere. I mean, it was a thing. We are trespassers onto the rest of the animal kingdom. Yeah. Stuff going on all over the place that we aren't even aware of. You know what I just thought about in my backyard TV? I was sitting in the backyard the other day and I was listening to the neighbors talk. <laughs> they were talking about the the um, the murder hornets. Oh, right. The, and they were talking about it the as, new if, thing? as if they knew anything, right? Like, oh, yeah, and I heard. Da, 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 da. And I, <laughs> at that point. They'd read, they'd, yeah. they'd read a headline of a an meme. article and now they are an expert. Right. I'm giving so, it, I'm giving murder hornets no mind. No, they are. I, I've already done some research on it. Oh, have there you? is nothing. They're not even in Texas. They're not even a problem. They're not. Oh my god, it's so stupid. It's such bullshit. The public makes it a thing. No, the They're, media looking, makes it a thing. The media does a. Couple I'm sorry. Of, yeah, I love on. my media friends. The but, media does a thing, but then you read the article and you say it's not a thing. But we want to get involved in the next big thing. It was Tiger King. You know, whatever it is, we've got to participate in this zeitgeist moment. And make it larger than it ever needs to be. Tiger King, certainly a fantastic example. But listen to my story about the neighbors. I always do listen to you. What? So I was pretty much ignoring them when I heard them talking about the the murder, whatever. Because it's such a stupid conversation. And then I heard something about, yeah, I saw this giant, this big, huge bee. Black and yellow and fuzzy. And I just like swatted it away. And I almost got mad and walked over there. They're messing with your jousting wood bees. My freaking bees, my bumblebees that I'm like in love with out here in my backyard TV. I'm growing flowers for them. Yes. And you're over there being ignorant. Yeah. Because of some crappy, stupid story, you heard about some Japanese hornet. Next time I take them some habaneros. Is it that those neighbors? Yes. Oh, boy. Next time I take them some habaneros, I'm going to tell them to leave my bees alone. You need to pay them a visit. Also, while I was listening to the neighbors, I was also listening to the noisy toads. I've heard the noisy toads. They're awesome. And then, So what does that mean? What it means is that we're in their space. Because we're over in a part of the yard that we hadn't been in for a long time. And now the creatures that lived over there without any interruptions are being... What the hell are you doing here? And mostly, the thing that you need to understand... No, but it must be a toad season. We don't hear that year round. Yes, yes. And this is what I was just about to say. The other thing that we have tons of in Backyard TV right now, I saw the coolest dinosaur lizard. And going back to the toad making noise... Godzilla? It was a big lizard. It has a, a raised, like, horn on its back and then, like, stripes and... We'll show a video. I have a video. Oh, fantastic. Uh, I have a video. We were on the phone and I was like, (laughs) I just hung up on you. I have a lizard. Shut up. Be quiet. I got to go. I'm used to it. (laughs) And so, (laughs) so back to the, going back to the toad and the toad making noises. Well, it's mating season. So the lizard I see, it's a lady lizard and a male lizard. And they're, they're like making noises and they're like, 
showing each other their fancy horns and their pink throated neck things and they're croaking and they're making all these noises and they're lifting up their tails and flipping their tails. I mean, the birds are doing it. The lizards are doing it. The toads are doing it. Truthfully, I'm surprised I haven't seen the squirrel orgy yet. I have seen more squirrels just recently, so they're around. Backyard TV has been really exciting lately. Every Sunday morning, we do a live backyard garden tour. And we include in that usually some chicken talk as well. So this past Sunday, we were in the chicken coop and all of a sudden you got super distracted and you're the camera guy, like behind the camera. And you're like, I'm sorry, I can't pay attention to you. The chickens just caught a lizard. Right. And they were running. Mm-hmm crazily with a well, lizard when, hanging out of their mouth. When a chicken gets a treat, the other chickens try to steal the treat. It's a fun thing to watch. It's one of my favorite channels on Backyard TV. <laughs> and one of the chickens got a lizard. And of course they did because you have got so many lizards in the backyard right I'm now. So one of them was the lucky one and the rest of them began chasing them and chasing them and chasing them. With this lizard like flapping around and, in its And mouth. they're hoping that he drops it for a second so that she can, the other one can s- steal the lizard. Hopefully one of them at least got the tail, leftover tail part. Well, those <laughs> lizards make delicious eggs. And people go, ugh. But no, pasture-raised chickens uh-huh. are eating bugs and stuff that they can find in the ground. They, they, oh, they eat a lot of lizards. I know they do for and, that. And we eat quite the same way. We start with- We eat lizards? What do we have? But when you've got a pound of ground beef and you've got a bunch of squash. Yeah, you said, I've got ground beef. It's Cinco de Mayo and I, I knew what was coming. I wanted to do something I'm going to make tacos. I was going to make tacos. And I'm, I was like, dude, there's like 800 squash in the refrigerator. So help, We're making something with squash. It was vegetable-led, this meal. It was Mexican squash and ground beef casserole, which basically is just squash and beef, Mexican seasonings, and Lots of cheesy goodness. Okay, so I've come up with a couple of rules for how we cook. So rule number one is Joe says what the meat is. Rule number two is Aislinn says what the vegetables are. Mm-hmm. Rule number three, one of us does a Google search for those things. Mm-hmm. Cinco de Mayo, we want it to be Mexican themed. Uh-huh. Rule number four, you triple the seasonings in the recipe when you get it off the internet. <laughs> yeah. You've got to triple the seasonings. So then by the time you skilleted it and then cooked it in the oven, mm-hmm. deep casserole with cheesy goodness on top this of it. This was, it was tacos all plus squash, add cheese, put it in a casserole dish and bake it. Yep. It was it was kind of perfect. It was good. Much better leftover. It was really good. Is it going too. in the rotation? We put more cheese on top. Yes. Anytime I'm, I am the cheesy casserole goodness queen. I like cheesy casseroles. So, and a lot of people do not like casseroles, but I like them, especially if they have cheese in them. Rotation entry. Anything that's going to be of use to when you have a lot of vegetables of a certain kind, like okra, eggplant, squash, tomatoes, you know, when you have lots of those things, you got to have many recipes to cook them. Are you ready for some table topics? Yes. How about not your mom's dinner party? Okay. That's the category of several categories that we have of this fun game called table topics where it's a big box of questions i draw one randomly what's the poorest you've ever been oh the poorest i've ever been was right after my ex-husband and i separated i had no money i had zero and no job i had a house to live in because my parents had a house on the farm that i could live in 
I had some chicken, so I had eggs. If you ask my children, they will talk about that year of our life. And they will say things like, we ate a lot of eggs and we ate chips with refried beans and cheese on them a lot. And Cortland will tell you he ate a lot of Picasso peanuts. Well, you got out of that with a lot of hard work. Yeah, I mean, I I know my value and I always worked to make sure I was independent and doing what I needed to do. How comfortable do you feel going into your new business? I feel very comfortable. I've been preparing to start this business for years. I have capital in the bank. I have a business plan. There's a few technical things I need to get help with, but otherwise, this is what I do. What's the poorest you've ever been? You've never been poor. You don't remember what it was like. It's going to be relative to the person being asked, but I've been blessed my whole life to not have a great answer to this question i would say after the divorce for you there was it was such some challenging financial times no you're right that's the answer to the question but even then i never had to worry about how i was going to get dinner on the table right which I, like i say is a blessing well i don't believe that i would ever have to struggle putting food on the table that wasn't the hard thing to do well not for me But part of that is, and even so, if you think about it, like I'm telling the story where I have a place to live. Well, why do you have a place to live? Because my family owns a farm and there's a house on the farm that I can live in. Also, that means there's land to grow food and to have chicken. I mean, I I realize there's a privilege in what I'm saying. The poorest I ever was, I literally had no money in the bank and I I still had to feed my children. And I knew that things were going to work out. It was just a time period that we had to get through. Mm -hmm. But to my advantage, my creative skills, my productive skills are that I have learned how to produce food. I'm good at it. I'm certainly better than I was 10 years ago now. Oh, you bring food to our table. Right. I have family and grew up in an area of Texas that has access to wild game and wild fish, wild seafood, and I'm not in a position to go hungry. You have taught me in our time together the notion of your personal food network. You've also taught me a lot about the local food network, but your personal food network Mm -hmm. is that when corona comes and there's no meat in the grocery store... I've got meat. I've got food. I've got... There were two reasons I started the farmer's market when I started it. Mm -hmm. One was because I knew that I had access to clean meat that other people didn't have access to. But also, I wanted to make it easier on myself to get access to it. So I wanted to strengthen that network of clean meat, access to clean processed foods. Also, I, at that time, living on the farm without any money, was growing vegetables. And I wasn't even that good at it yet, but I was growing vegetables and I was growing enough vegetables to need to sell them. I had the time to take care of this because I currently didn't have a job. I had the land to do it on. So I was producing food and I needed to make some money. And I was taking home a fistful of cash. Yeah. There's something about me in the back of my mind that says, be prepared and food has got to be a priority. So in your your poorest, with the gift of a farm to live at, you drilled down into the idea that I can make my own food. Right. 
I'm gonna focus on this and I'm gonna help create it for other people as well. But really what it comes down to is, is that I will always be able to put food on the table. Bow chicka wow wow. Hey, thank you so much for listening to Dinner Table Talks. If you want to get a hold of us, you can catch us on Facebook, Instagram, or our website, www.dinnertabletalks.com. There you can leave us a voicemail and listen to all the old episodes. We hope that you're enjoying listening to Dinner Table Talks as much as we enjoy creating it for you. See you next week.